Hey, welcome to Sober Not Sane. I'm your host, Jeb Fink. Uh, you know what? Uh, this is our second episode. I brought a very good friend of mine along. And uh, I want everybody to keep in mind, Sober Not Sane doesn't always imply that the guest is now sober because Gary Swanson, who's a very good friend of mine, never had an issue with uh, anything. It came, it came close in Red Deer. Very I think that's a story for everyone. I think so. Everyone that's been so. in Red Deer. When Red Deer, I started hanging out at one of the nightclubs, and it was free drinks. And it was work during the day, go to the bar at night. And it came close. It actually came really, really close. One birthday, everyone decided they wanted to see me, what I would be, what I would be like when I was really drunk. And all I remember from that night was the DJ looking at me going, are you ready? And waking up the next morning in convulsions on my uh, apartment floor. Wow. Well, that'll, that'll stop you. Well, it'll stop most people. Not, it did. Not all but, of us. But he, he poured drinks pretty freely. Right. And uh, so I had to finally walk up to the bartenders because I was pretty well known yeah. there. And I just said, no more when he comes and gets my drink, which was a screwdriver at the time. Screwdriver? Screwdriver. They just filled it with orange juice and soda. And that was the last time I drank. Oh, wow. Good for yeah, you. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so were you saying before that we we met in Red Deer? You were yeah, doing movie reviews? Yeah. Well, I was doing movie reviews, but you were doing the movie show because yeah. Pyramid moved everything up to Red Deer, right? Yeah. We did the production up there for yeah. a while. Yeah. So I was behind the scenes on that. And yeah. Yeah. It was you and Tara and then... You and Tara left, I think, and then it was Andy, Andy Andrew, and, and Kirsty, maybe. Yeah, Kirsty. Yeah, yeah. You know when that yeah. show became uh, hard for me to do? When? Uh, when they took away the table, right? And, and I had to wear long pants to do the show, because you do. What did we do? Six or seven in a day? Yeah. And uh, really, you do a little bit of TV, and mostly you just change clothes. Right. And. Right. Uh, you know, it was really funny because I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I got to wear pants. I used to wear shorts. Yeah. Happy as could be. You just put the, you know, yeah. if they're only seeing you from here up, you're yeah. good. Well, you guys drove up every week, right? Yeah. You and Tara at that time? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I was. I called that the father-daughter show because <laughs> I was so much older than her. And apparently I still am. Well, yeah. But, but then you guys moved on, right? I remember A-Channel. I remember yeah. walking in when A Channel started. And you guys were, were you there, there day one? Yeah, I was there day one. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I <laughs> seem to remember you there. <laughs> Those that was a fun time. It's very rare that you get to start a TV station. Yeah, and especially with uh, with the Craig family who were just kind of go, "Hey guys, do whatever." And then yeah, I think it, w with a couple of us on airs, they realized that's maybe not the great speech. <laughs> I think I think that was the great speech for. Everyone, it was like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Because I remember when the first stampede rolled around after the station started. And everyone was from the East Coast, right? They had and, no idea. Yeah, they had no idea what the stampede was. They didn't care. And they were like, and one of them. They couldn't understand what a big deal it was going to be. Yeah, and, and I remember one of them was like, 
this is why we're independent. We don't have to follow the Calgary routine of everything. Everyone's going to hate you. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> going to hate you. And after the first night of Stampede, everyone showed up and they were so hungover. Like I'd never seen so many bloodshot eyes. <laughs> well, that was my uh, Paula, who was producing the show at the time. I told her, I said, uh, I don't do meetings after, uh, I don't come back after the show. Um, and by the third day, she's going, is there going to be alcohol on every show? Uh-huh. <laughs> Stampede. <laughs> she goes, yeah, we're a morning show. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's Stampede. It's Stampede. What part aren't you getting? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that was a good time. I don't think so. the sad for the Maritimers. They don't have anything. They don't have Cod Fest, or they must have something. They have Golden Parade. I was working. I was writing technical documents for my new job, and this we have Canadian holidays uh, like show up in our calendar and it was like right. golden parade day coming up for newfoundland and we were like what is what golden parade i have be? no idea but that was the funniest thing that we ever had it was like golden happy golden parade day i never looked it up but i just sat there and a bunch of us we just talk and go happy golden parade day eve <laughs> we find every obscure canadian <laughs> any way you can make fun yeah, of yeah yeah yeah, so you're writing technical documents. I'm now. writing technical documents. It's actually being pretty fun. I left television, what, 20 years ago? 20. Wow. 97? No, yeah. 97. You know, I don't even remember when. I, I... Don't, I don't remember when Black Choose, when they had the first round of cuts at A Channel. <laughs> where, you, where you walked up and either your key fob didn't yeah, open the door yeah, or it exactly. did. Yeah, exactly. The way it works any time in Hollywood, too, right? You drive up, and if your parking lot's there, or if your parking spot's there. So, yeah. yeah. And you're yeah. a big movie guy. Yeah. I've been trying to hang out. I haven't been into it as much lately. I don't know why. I've just... Have you seen every movie possible, do you think? I mean... Virtually, some of the movies that you see that are coming out now, you can actually name the movie that they are. Yeah. Okay, this movie was done before, but you're not calling it a remake. But yeah, exactly. There's only so many stories, right? Yeah, right. There's only, what, seven? Seven stories ever? Yeah. But, yeah, I've, I've just started to... I think the pandemic has really changed my movie-going habits, my movie habits, because everything's so available for streaming now, right? Right. Like, everyone was... But you loved going to the theater. I loved going to the theater, but then it started to hit me the wrong way. It's like, yeah. I'm going to the theater, here's 20 minutes of commercials. Like, I get it, theaters are trying to survive, but... Well, they're a big expense. Yeah. Not even just the movie, but the property and the yeah. operation. Yeah, it's a huge expense. But all suddenly, after, during the pandemic and after the pandemic, when they're like, you've got to save the theaters, I, I just sort of sat there and I thought, you know, the complaints everyone had about movie theaters before the pandemic, they haven't gone away. And People you're not are, listening. Yeah. <laughs> People are still going to be texting. They're still going to be talking. They're still going to be jerks in the audience. Yeah. And that's why we built the theater in our basement, right? 
Yeah, it's a and nice that's, 120 inch screen. Because that should be big enough. Yeah, so I don't have the jerks. Yeah, and I'm not paying thirty dollars for a small. I you know, I can't even remember the last film I saw in a theater. Yeah, that's sort of my downfall. I haven't seen a movie in so long. Even when I'm sitting in the theater, it's like I go through. And that's the state of cinema today. I'll scroll through because we have Apple TV. We have right. we have everything, right? And I go through and it's like, this doesn't appeal to me. This doesn't appeal to me. I'd rather go into my DVD collection or my Blu-ray collection and go, you know what? I think today I want to watch The Black Stallion. Right. And I'll throw the black stallion in. Maybe it's because of my youth. Maybe it's because it's something that I can relate to. But the movies these days, the heart sell and everything, it's just, I don't know. Well, what's funny to me is if you're watching a movie at home, and if I get uh, 15 minutes into it, there's nothing there for me, I'm gone. Yeah. And you'd never do that in a theater because no. you have an investment. Well, a lot of people do, though. That's the problem. They'll sit there and they'll just look on their phone I'm, I'm finding that too if i'm if i find a movie and i start to watch the movie at home if i pull out my phone that's it i'm i know i've lost interest in the movie yeah yeah which is not good no no <laughs> not good for the filmmaker no but i remember when i was working in red deer i just took on doing movie reviews and i hit him i hit i'd hit like four or five movies every every week wow one because i had the free pass right right it was the famous players was still around and it was a, and they had the passes and everything well when we did the junkets uh sometimes you would go down there and you'd see six films yeah and then you'd have to go do the interviews and uh i was like i would sometimes not even remember the film yeah and i was interviewing sinbad for some film and we had met before because of comedy and uh he uh he said come on man now tell me what did you think of the film yeah i said well you know to be honest i think i saw seven films this week i, I don't remember which one you were in <laughs> and he goes what i go you were a cop or something right he goes no it was like garden the uh, first child of the president <laughs> Oh, so like a CIA guy? No, Secret Service. <laughs> like, I'm really offended, but it's like, you go watch that many films yeah, in I a Yeah, I know, row. right? Did you ever do a junket with Michael Douglas? Um, you know what? I did one, and uh, it was not too long after that that he started getting ill. So it was kind of, yeah. well, that was... Well, when he did a junket, so I've been told, he would... They they always had the breakfast in the morning, or, yeah. or they always had the meal and stuff. He would he would be a he would hang out, and then he'd go and he'd talk to all the press guys, right? He'd go and talk to all the newspaper guys, and he'd talk about stuff that he knew that they could never print. And then right. He, then he always <laughs> acted like they were his best friends. Yeah. And then they'd all be schlepping after in the hotel, <laughs> carrying their luggage, and he'd like drive by in his car wave and they're like don't see any of it don't see him taking any of his best friends on a, a trip to the airport yeah no yeah. no yeah he's i don't know he's he did so much i know right yeah no it was yeah movies are fun 
if if you find the right movie, there's a few movies that really, I'm I'm starting to get more into documentaries these these days. I've always been a big doc fan. Yeah, but I I look at the documentaries on the history of movies. Like I found a documentary almost for every facet of filmmaking, except for special effects. Something that really sticks out. There's right. a. Um, I yeah. just I just watched one that was decades of films. Oh, really? And they talked about okay, in this decade, these were the big shot producers and directors, yeah. and yeah, yeah. And I found that really interesting. And there were a couple of films where I went, "Wow, I totally forgot about that movie." Yeah. Did you see the one? Did you see the documentary on the National Film Registry? No. These amazing shadows. They um, they go through the history of the National Film Registry and. The, for the Library of Congress and how it was started, and, uh, a lot of the films that were in and how they picked it. They talked to Leonard Malton and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. Who's a great guy? Leonard Malton is yeah a, a really good guy. He was in Calgary for SIF one year. Oh and I wow! Went and saw him. And you were on the board, right? For no, the... no, I was just one of the most frequent guy flyers. That went. Yeah, I was one of the frequent flyers for 13, 14 years. Wow. It, it was it's fun like it back do you, then it do, was if you, do you have the uh i won't even go with one because it's too hard to go with one uh do you have three films kind of the old you know desert island that just happened to have a you know a home theater <laughs> <laughs> desert island with the home theater you know citizen kane is a no-brainer yeah Probably Casablanca, just because yeah. it's written so well in Bogart. And if I was going for a third movie, I'd go with The Bishop's Wife with Cary Grant. I don't Did know you if ever I see that? that. I don't know. Cary Grant, Probably. David Niven. Oh, the, yeah, David the, Niven. Yeah, the opening scene of Cary Grant, he's looking, he plays an angel, and he's the, the entire opening is just him walking down the street looking at everything. And I just, I, I look at that every time and I go, he exudes class. He exudes yeah. something that the stars of today, they, they, they can't even touch. And it's a great comedy. Well, and you know what? It, it seems to me that there's a, a limited amount of, of actors now that um, they can pull that sort of thing off. Yeah, exactly. And one like to me, one of them, and it sounds weird, but it's uh, James Spader. Spader could, yeah. And you you watch him. I read a review of uh, one of the shows he was on, and it said, you know, it doesn't hurt when your lead people would pay 150 bucks a ticket to sit in a theater and watch him read a phone book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he could make it riveting. Yeah, you know, you know, George Clooney could pull it off. Yeah. I think George Clooney could pull it off. He's a little, to me, he's a little more of that old-fashioned guy. Yeah. He's a little more debonair, for yeah. lack of a better word. Yeah, which is what I liked. You know, he he just has this class, and he's always smirking. He's It's always like he's And a great sense of joke. humor to yeah. what he does. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's... Yeah, I think... Those are the three that I would take wow. to a desert island right now. I can actually, um, a weird thing for me is I can pick one thing out of a film and just enjoy that part of it. Like yeah. whether it's cinematography or whether it's one actor, 
where I just sit there and, and wait, and then they came back on, and I set up to watch. And yeah, yeah, I'm that know. way too. Yeah, there's 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 total movies, and then there's movie moments. Right. Like there's one that is so obscure. David Lynch's Mulholland Drive. Oh yeah, I know that. I've yeah. seen that more, way more than once. Yeah, there's the scene where they go into a nightclub. Naomi Watts, and I can't remember who the other person was. They, they go into a nightclub, and the singer sings uh, Crying in Spanish. She sings Yolando. Right. And I just sat there, and I just thought, wow. This, this just made the movie. Great moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a great moment. But I digress. Yeah, but you know what? It, it's easy to do with, with movies. Yeah. The one, I think, during the... The pandemic, the one thing that I've I've found, and it's just kind of really catching up, is the amount of uh, TV shows that are accessible now that you would have never seen. Yeah, exactly. Or they wouldn't have been produced. Yeah, yeah. And some of them are just... Have, what was the last thing that I watched? Have you seen Clickbait? No. I've been told to watch it. Watch it. I've I've just been watching the Disney Plus stuff. I've been watching like Mandalorian, right? Just because it it's so groundbreaking, and it it makes up for the last bunch of movies. <laughs> well, I can't really say that because I really enjoyed the second movie in the last three. I really enjoyed the Last Jedi, right? And I think the last movie that really made an impact on me was Knives Out. Did you see Knives no. Out? Christopher Plummer, uh, no. Daniel Craig is the detective, very much like uh, Death on the Nile. Wow. That, that sort of ag- Feel. Uh, homage to yeah. Agatha Christie. And I just grinned from ear to ear. Like my wife, she we went to see it in the theater, and I was just grinning from ear to ear, and I was laughing. But I was laughing at parts that no one else watched. <laughs> yeah. But, I yeah. had that issue. <laughs> yeah, that's just the... I think that's the last movie that really made an impact on. Now, does Fiona love films, or does she like films and goes as a night out with you? Or she likes films. She'll come down to the theater and we'll watch something every once in a while. But but we suffer from the same thing that everyone else suffers from. There's so much content. Right. We don't pick a movie in advance, and it's just. Here's the remote, and we just start spinning through. And our and our moods are so totally different. She'll go. She'll you, always you, go. And you and your wife, really? Yeah, I know, right? Really, Isn't I never, that surprising? That never occurred to me in either of my marriages <laughs> that our moods would be different. Well, I'd be in a mood for one type of movie, and then she would go, "Let's watch a romantic comedy." So we watch a romantic comedy, and. I appreciate it because uh, I'm starting to go for like the serious stuff now Yeah, just because I need something to keep my brain going. Yeah. And so she, when she comes down and she picks a, a lighthearted comedy, I'll sit there and I'll enjoy it. I'll, I'll enjoy it because I'm with her. So I don't know if it's because I've done so much comedy that I have a real hard time watching what are supposed to be comedies i could see that because it's kind of formulated to me and i'm just oh yeah i know where this is going yeah Uh, yeah 
And I hate the comedies where you can see the setup. You can see the setup just before the punchline. And, and I hate that, especially if a comedy takes like 10 or 15 minutes. It's like a shaggy dog story, right? Yeah. Where they take 10 or 15 minutes to set something up. To get to it. Yeah, to get to it. But, yeah. Yeah, I like quick comedy. Yeah, quick comedy. One of the... Um... Was it Night at the Opera that they redid the Coen Brothers? And there was one scene in it where they, they went to the ballet. Oh, yeah. And uh, I actually took somebody to the, to the film. Uh, I was on the road somewhere, Tri-Cities, Washington or something. Yeah. And I said, you got to see this film. And it's, it's not very good. The whole film is not very good. Yeah. And then you get to this one scene. So they're, they're doing um, Swan Lake. And when the ballerina jumps up and he's holding her up, yeah, the th three stars walk out dressed as duck hunters and blast her out of his hands. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Did you see the Coen's Hail Caesar? Was it Hail uh, Caesar? Yeah, but it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah it's been a while. But that was funny because it's Hollywood history. It's about the cleanup man for a studio whenever a star got into trouble. They'd send him out oh, and, yeah. and straighten everything out. That was funny. There was a part, I can't remember. I couldn't tell you how it went for the life of me now, but I was laughing for like two or three days. And Fiona, just remembering. Yeah, and Fiona, yeah. would we'd, we'd try and duplicate it. It was just funny. And a good comedy has to survive the passage of time, don't you think? There's yeah. some there's some that are just based on a joke and then it just sort of dies after a couple of years. Well, you know what I I uh Carl Reiner was uh in Montreal one year and I was interviewing him and we had just done it might have been American in Canada or something else. Anyway, I I said, you know, I I watch these shows that you were on and then I'm looking at the list of writers and they're like stunning. You know, it's yeah. it's like you had ten guys that are Hall of Fame comedy writers working on one show. He said, "Yeah, but how many TV shows are there now?" Exactly. So now the pool's pretty yeah. thin. Yeah. And he said they'll have twenty writers in a room. And he said we we had shows with two writers. Yeah. You know, one did storyline, one did punch up. Hmm. Yeah, that's rough. In in a lot of ways, it's great that there's streaming services now because the content. Like it's open, it's an open field for content. Now, yeah. Right. But the bad thing about streaming services is there's so much content and it's really hard to find a good show to watch. Like I've been watching Ted Lasso. Yeah. That, that has just been so good. And there's been a couple of times this season, it's in the second season where I'd be sitting there and I, be tearing up and Fiona would look at me and go what's wrong and I'm like the writing is so good in this and yeah. I know eventually it's going to end and yeah I, it always does but yeah. if you look at American TV yeah it goes way too long oh like yeah. that's what I watch a lot of British yeah and uh, the two things I like about British the people that are starring in them look like human beings they don't look like you know, yeah. No. Not everybody's beautiful. Not every. You know. Yeah. Um, and they end when they're supposed to. 
Yeah. They don't try to get to 100 episodes so they can get that giant pot of gold. Yeah, exactly. At the syndication rainbow. Yeah, and that's the great thing about streaming is Ted Lasso is like 10 episodes. Yeah. 10 episodes, they're tight. And the way Disney's doing their Star Wars stuff is they can be as long as they want. They're not restricted by the 60-minute format. Right. Right? They make them as long as they're as short as they need to tell the story. Have, and, have, have you watched Letter Kenny? No. <laughs> you know what? I've watched it. A uh, guy that I've known for years is in it. Yeah. And uh, I watched the first two minutes, and then I thought, this might be the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And then I picked up the rhythm that they were doing. I was yeah. like, there you go. And it was just perfect. And uh, uh, we were talking, and... Uh, I said, why, why are you doing, like, you do five episodes one year, six another yeah. year, seven another year? And he said, you know, it's like whatever cash they give us, we'll do as many shows as we can. Yeah, yeah. But there's no consistency, but no. it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to do 26. Yeah. And we've been watching MASH. The original? Because, yeah, we've been binge-watching MASH. We started at That's the very well beginning, written. and it is so well-written. We're up to, I think, the eighth season now. And every night, it just reaffirms my my feeling on television, right? Television yeah. comedy. But, again, it's 26 episodes in a season. Yeah. That's back when it was great, right? Yeah. But, but that even, was a great film, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, that doesn't always happen. When they no. go, hey, that was a good film. Let's make 26 episodes. Yeah, and you can really tell in MASH, too, when Alan Alda start to, became, start to become the star. I right. really thought McLean Stevenson would be, the, would be one of the breakouts. Although, you know what's funny to me is, is uh, um, <laughs> this is a bad way to put it, but I always call them uh, scene-stealing motherfuckers. Because they will just walk in, drop a line, yeah. steal the whole scene that everybody else set up, and then out. Yeah. And it's like, that episode would have been horrible had they not done that. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what he ended up being in that, yeah. I think. Yeah, and you can and you can see the format now. If you, if you binge watch MASH, you can see the format, and you can see what Jamie Farr is there for. He's the, he's the comic relief, right? Yeah. And we're into uh, the eighth season now. And now it's starting to take the turn. It's after Radar left. Yeah, I don't that want to was, spoil anything. Yeah, that was the turn when Alan Alda decided he'd want to make a statement on the war. Right. So it it He's, isn't. He seems to want to make a statement on a lot of things. Yeah, which is his right. It, yeah, it is his right. But yeah, it's been royalty. He he does a he does a podcast too, and he just had all the surviving members of Mash on. And oh, it was wow. like it was Loretta Swit, uh, Mike Farrell, Jamie Farr, him, and Gary Burkhoff, he, who lives still around. Yeah, they're still he's still around, but he he apparently he lives on some farm that doesn't have internet, and it was done during the pandemic, so everyone had to zoom in, and they had to teach Loretta Swit how to use the phone, much like I had to teach you how to use yours. <laughs> Which is kind of our history. With yeah, you yeah. probably still have a, a backdoor entrance to my computers at home. Oh, probably. I have yeah. to look. 
I'm one of those people I get so aggravated at it, and it makes me feel stupid. And I'm not stupid. No. But I don't comprehend sometimes. And I, I actually used a phrase that you said to me one time for um, my father-in-law before he passed had gotten an Apple computer because I said it's easiest thing to do. And uh, I didn't realize that if you start talking other people into buying Apple products at that time, you were their IT department. Oh, yeah, your tech support. Yeah, your tech support. Yeah. So he would call me and go, something's wrong with my computer. What do you think it is? Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> What's it doing? Yeah, exactly. Nothing? Oh. Oh, well, well if then. you, like, unplug it. Yeah. yeah. Let it die out. Yeah. Plug it back in. Restart it. Yeah, turn it off. Turn it back on. Yeah, yeah. the IT crowd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I remember when Apple came out. That's how old I am. I remember when Macintosh, when Apple brought out the Macintosh. Yeah, that weird little cube. Yeah, yeah, it thing. was groundbreaking. And it, it was so simple to use. But people, because, well, back then they were sort of resisting it because IBM was putting in their big push, right, to get... Yeah, but the the I think the thing that Apple saw, correct me if I'm wrong, and uh, was that they thought... All right, you know, that's great that Macintosh is going to be doing that, but they're making computers for accountants. Yeah. We want to sell everybody in the world a computer. Exactly. That want to do different things yeah. with it. And you know what the problem with the early days of Apple, and even up when they brought out, like, the latest Macs, when we were starting in, when we were starting at A-Channel, people would buy a Mac, and they'd get so frustrated because it wasn't anything like a Windows machine. And then I was talking to someone and they went, it's because everyone had been working with a Windows machine for so long that they were overthinking things when they switched to well, a Macintosh. That was the point I was going to get to was that you had said to me one time, whatever you think the simplest answer is, that's probably it. Yeah, exactly. And I said that to my father-in-law, well, that can't be true. It's a computer. Yeah. No, know, like right? they actually, they made these for human beings, not yeah. for tax. Yeah, exactly. And that's the same thing I, I follow through to this day. It, it's, it's simple to use, but it's powerful. I can't remember what, uh, actually, I think it was Paul and I went to L.A. for a meeting with Three Ball Productions. And uh, uh, we went down as early as we could and, and came home later in the same day. And I, uh, did I call you from the you mall? You did. You I said, called you from you an want? Apple store. Yeah, what do you want? And I went, you said, yeah, I owe you a lot in tech support. What do you want? And I said, an iPhone. And you went, okay. And so I... Well, I got... And I'd had more than just that. And we didn't... Like, we were coming home the same day. We didn't... We had a... Uh, like, a, I had a briefcase with my yeah. computer. And uh, when we came back, I had a bag of stuff from Apple. And the guy says, uh, anything to declare? And I said, no. <laughs> and he goes, he's looking at the ticket. He said, you went down this morning? Yeah, we just had a quick meet. And then, you know, we headed out to the airport and came back. Yeah. And he goes, oh, um, what's in the Apple bag? <laughs> I said, oh, I totally forgot I bought this stuff. <laughs> it was worth a shot. <laughs> oh, it was so amazing. When you brought that iPhone back and I had it, I, I took an entire night trying to break it so it would work. Yeah, you had Canadian to unlock characters. them then. Yeah, you had yeah. to unlock them. And it was so frustrating. And then I went into work the next morning because I was 
I worked the breakfast show exclusively yeah. and it was like, okay, I have to be at work at four o'clock and I'd been up all night. And then I finally talked to one guy and he goes, yeah, there's just this program you download, download it, hit run, it's done. And it was like 10 seconds later when I got home, I had it and I was like, okay, well, that was simple. Once again, the simplest yeah, answer. exactly. Exactly. It's not amazing. Yeah. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about too, and I, I, I was trying to figure out, I'm two for two for people that have done tons of different things. Right. And uh, so kind of switching gears, you, you actually built your own 3D printer when you couldn't get one. Yeah. And, which, <laughs> and I think I had told you I'd watched some guy on a TED Talks, and he said... Uh, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. He was talking about, he built his own 3D printer, was his yeah. first one, and then he had moved on, and they were trying to build kidneys Yeah, yeah. with this 3D printer. And he said, um, and this is a guy who was from MIT, yeah. I think, and uh, he says, uh, you know, the first 3D printer I built, I, uh, it was actually, it's, uh, it was really easy. It's kind of funny. And you can hear a guy barely in the back go, yeah, if you're from MIT. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> the way I describe 3D printing, because there's a lot of people, because 3D printing seems to have grabbed everyone's imagination yeah. again. Well, it's and, pretty and, cool. Yeah, and because they're so cheap, right, everyone wants to get into it. But what they don't tell you when you're buying a 3D printer is it's awfully finicky. You have to make sure things are set up just right. So every Christmas, everyone gets a 3D printer. I'm in all these different 3D printing user groups, and everyone's saying, hey, I got my first 3D printer <laughs> and everything. And it, in my mind, for the majority of people or for a lot of people, 3D printers are the treadmill of technology now. Yeah, They buy them, and they have such grandiose ideas. And then it just gathers dust in the corner because they're so hard to maintain. Well, but if somebody's going to be able to build replacement body parts, mm -hmm. that's pretty stunning. Yeah. And by a fluke, this morning, I'm watching KTLA, and they have a story about a company that is building homes with a 3D printer. Have you seen yeah, that? Yeah, that's remarkable. It, I was watching it going, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. But have you noticed that it already comes with a pre-design because the nozzle is so big when they're making it that the... The, each layer in the house has like a bulge in it because the concrete just the it's thick Is enough that what to pour they're through. Printing it with yeah, concrete. yeah, they have a special formulation of concrete that goes in, and it's like a crane. It would be like the uh, well, it almost looks like a yeah hopper. Yeah, yeah, and it just does everything. It goes like twenty four hours, and everyone's saying that this is great, and it is great. I think it'll. There's practical uses. Well, yeah, and it'll be, I think, while I'm watching this, I'm going, you know, that first house must have been pricey. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. But from then on, and what they're looking at it for, from what the story was saying, was uh, a great way to build affordable housing. housing. And it's not about, it's not necessarily about getting the house, the perfect house you want. You always had it in your head. It would look like this. Yeah. It's about getting a good, good. solid, dependable home. Yeah. yeah. Made out of concrete. But North Americans aren't great at doing that. No. North Americans, I'm, I'm getting really disappointed with North Americans, <laughs> generally. 
Yes. Just with the whole pandemic thing. Yeah, like, that's a whole other. Yeah, that's a whole other thing that science. Why do they, why does everyone cherry pick in science? They well, believe in one thing, but they don't believe in another. Here's the funny, I've never had a flu shot. Really? And I never. And here's my reasoning behind the flu shot was I was talking to a doctor and he said, the only problem with the flu shot is that that shot is based on last year's yeah. flu. Yeah. So it's not necessarily going to work that well on this year's flu. Yeah. So I thought, well, what's the point to that? And then the same thing that everybody else was saying, well, I'm not getting that COVID shot Yeah. because it came out too quick. And I'm like, no, it's made for this. Yeah. <laughs> like this, it's yeah. designed this is for it. this. And the, then the variants started coming out and they're like, all right, we got to tweak this. Yeah. And they're changing it. Yeah. Have you heard how Britain is starting to use the Pfizer vaccine as a potential cure for some types of cancer? No. Because the mRNA vaccine can be tailored for anything. They can take someone's oh. blood they can take out a cancer cell and then they could have the vaccine Attack potentially it. teach the body how to fight the cancer cell. And they've tried it. It's being used in trials and they, the people that have taken an MRNA vaccine for cancer in these tests, their tumors like shrink by like 50 to 75%. Wow. So the technology is there. They, Figured they can cure pretty much anything. Well, this one one future. scientist I saw, he said we're we're beyond working on a COVID vaccine. We're working on a vaccine that's universal for any COVID strain. Yeah, and so it's. I mean, they've that's moved that to the next step. Yeah. Um, but yeah, curing cancer is a weird one because I just I don't know if the powers to be really. I don't want know. it that badly because that's a big so. business. Yeah, it's like cancer, Parkinson's, all the major diseases. I can't really see the pharmaceutical companies going, yeah, let's get rid of our $20 billion a year. Cranking pills out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it's been it's pretty amazing how they're re-engineering the mRNA vaccine. Well, it's so funny, too, with the, the people that that are non-vaxxers. Um, I mean, I've had a couple of guys that are, well, you know, I'm a non-vaxxer and this, I said, can I ask you, do you have a, you have a copy of your medical degree? Yeah. Do you really know what you're talking about? Or you just read some shit off the internet? Oh, I know. Right. That agreed with other, whatever conspiracy <laughs> horse crap you came up with. Oh, I know. But you know, what's weird about the progression of, of this whole thing to me is when was the last time you heard anything about black lives matter? Exactly. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's like, it's gone. Yeah. Like, it's, oh, no, that's solved now. Yeah. Nothing's changed. No. They have affected it's just the, no change. No. And, I mean, I think, personally, I think that's the area that you think someone like Biden will do a much better job than the the previous yeah. uh, bullethead. Well, yeah, the other guy. The other guy was just... You know, everyone said if we get rid of the if we get rid of forty five, yeah, right, all the troubles will be gone. But we've talked about this. Once that bottle is being opened and the genie's being let out, you can't you can't put it back in. He he gave the vocal or the 
silent minority of voice. Yeah. And now you just can't bottle that. It, so I feel sorry for any president that has to try and follow for the next few years anyway. It's going to be at least, a, you know, 10, 12 years for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It'll be but quite a few. And now, I mean, they're still just concentrating on the pandemic. Yeah. But the, to me, and we wanted to talk about politics a bit, too, and we'll get to local. But uh, to me, the funniest thing is, is to see... Um, I think the only the the one thing I've told people I think the Canada's doing a really good job with the with COVID, and they go well you know Trudeau I said no I didn't say anything about Trudeau in general the general population of Canada is has, doing great is doing great they're doing really responsible things there yeah they're wearing masks where they should, and then somehow it became this personal rights issue. That, that is just the worst argument. Yeah, it's a non-existent thing, right? Like, yeah. you're you're being told to wear a piece of cloth over your face for what your trip to the grocery store when you go to Seven Eleven to buy a big gulp. That's not really a violation of your rights. Which is really not even the thing. The thing is the vaccine. Yeah, in my in my brain. Yeah, and and I'm like I said, I've never had a flu shot, but I'm triple vax now because. Yeah. They figured I had it that first January before anybody knew what it was. Yeah. And then uh, at first I thought, well, if I had it, then I'm immune. Yeah. And then all these variants start coming out, and then I'm realizing that my health is not so good. Yeah. So now yeah. I'm in a position that I should get them. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm double vaxxed. My wife is double vaxxed, you know, because we think it's the right thing to do. But what's really disappointing me is how... A pandemic has become so politicized. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Where, you know, it's us versus them. And it shouldn't be us versus them. It should be. Well, but I've know, said that with the, with the government, too. You're looking at, um, and we've talked about this, that the, the official opposition will just oppose whatever the, the people exactly. in power do. As exactly. opposed to going... They should have all gotten together and go, okay, look, we, we're in a world of shit. Yeah. What what can we do? Yeah. All together, what yeah. can we do? Can you imagine if this was something like a war and we were all being asked to do our part? Like like our parents were, right? Yeah, like histori historically people were. do buck up for that. Yeah, but this, they don't. You know, like... It, like, that's how I'm losing faith in North Americans or people in general. It's well, just showing how selfish the U.S. is get. just shy of 700,000 dead now. Yeah. And they're getting big numbers again. Yeah. Is it going to shorten the line at Disneyland? No. Or a football no. game. Yeah. Or a football game. No. But I don't understand how getting a shot is against a basic right. Well, I think, you know what, if you don't want to get it, but you take the steps to stay home, stay away from yeah. people, do everything you can not to be in contact with people, yeah, that's a viable argument for a personal choice. Exactly. But if you think it's your right to stroll down the middle of Chinook Center without a mask on and touch everybody you can, yeah, that's just being a Yeah, idiot. you know, right? But do you think, I think everyone has a choice no matter what. Yeah. Like... 
So companies are mandating vaccines. That's great. That's their right. That's their right. You have a choice whether to follow that company's mandate, yeah. get vaccinated. It just basically comes down to a company saying, you want us to continue paying you, you get the shot. If you don't want to be paid, don't get the shot. Well, and, you know, I'm still, I'm, I still haven't totally gone through that one in my head. You know, because I'm I'm kind of like, well, what's going to happen is, you know, the people that get fired are going to sue the company. They're not going to sue the government for making it a mandate or making it possible. No. However, Delta, they instituted the $200 increase in health care for anyone who is unvaccinated, their private health care. They instituted that a little while ago. No one quit. No one has quit. In fact, their vaccination rates have gone up. Yeah. Unlike Alberta, where it's, you could put up a no parking sign. That was the greatest thing I ever saw on Twitter. It was a no parking sign, and it said, violators will be offered $100 to move your, their car. <laughs> yeah, that's, that'll fix it. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Throw can I money. take one second and mention sure. that uh, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Sober Not Sane. Subscribe, like, and watch us on YouTube. Listen uh, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Search for Sober Not Sane. You can find me at Jeb Fink. Really? Um, (laughs) Obviously, I didn't read the board before we got started here. Oh, yeah, and before we start, I guess I'm a little late on that one, aren't I? We should thank Liz from the camera store who helps out with the equipment so that we can do this podcast. And I believe that they actually have a program where you can go down and rent a camera to make sure that it fits your needs. All right. So that Perfect. I think that's a, that's a good program. Yeah. I think it? that's a great program. Try before you buy. Yes. <laughs> as, as opposed to me just renting from <laughs> the, the, uh, the companies and breaking the cameras and then sending it back going, sorry, doesn't work. Only did that once, but I had full coverage, and they just went, well, that's a good thing you got full coverage. That's all they said. (laughs) Well, do you want to know if we dropped it? No. Don't care. No, thank you. Like a -a rent-a-car. Yeah, that comes down to, like, um, crazy bins. Have you been to crazy bins? I have not, but you've told me about it. It's like the Amazon liquidation warehouse, and people are flocking to it and it's like to buy other people's yeah to buy other stuff. people's broken stuff i went through and i found a pair of airpods that have been used you sort of open it and you take a look and go oh that guy has an earwax problem <laughs> put it back Ooh. and walk away hold on though the bargain hunter in me how much though oh it was 10 bucks yeah no, i still didn't <laughs> yeah, do the no, earwax thing. no but yeah, that's our disposable society now. Well, yeah, once they once they gave people the right to send anything back for any reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's a good it used it's a, it's a good place to go because you see how humanity just everyone loves a bargain, right? Yep. Yeah, I saw a lot of three D printers there when it first opened. There was a three D printer there for I think twenty five dollars. They misfiled it. It didn't have any insides. It didn't have a motherboard to control it or anything. But it was 25 bucks worth of aluminum. 
that you got. To... <laughs> well, if your theory was correct, people buy them and don't use them anyway. Yeah, so exactly. Right. They didn't really need that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That part became unimportant. <laughs> so we yeah. should we should kind of talk about the election. Obviously, the U.S. is is done. However, California tomorrow votes on recall. Recall, which it, it pretty much by the numbers looks like they're not going to recall him. Doesn't it? No. It, he's he's got the no votes I think right now, but you can never tell until they hit the hit the polling booth, right? Right. I heard someone say though that they had talked to a few Democrats and they said they believed that they didn't have to vote if they didn't want to recall him. So they weren't going to vote because they didn't want Newsom recalled. I think the more important problem there is that uh, should those people, if they're that stupid, get to vote? Well, there's stupid people everywhere, Jeb. Well, I've said for years that the problem with the elections in the U.S. is, especially for president, you're electing literally the leader of the free world, and we allow Americans to vote. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and it's just, shouldn't the rest of the world get to pitch in a little, like, even a half vote? I would think so. Same with the World Series, right? It shouldn't just be. You know what? If they made them play, if they made them play baseball, soccer, if they had to do different sport, like the the sport from each country. Yeah. Yeah. And then whatever team played all of those sports the best won the World Series. Exactly. I think that would be the greatest way of doing it. And why do Americans think an eighty-year-old would be the perfect leader of the free country? Like. They, who did they had what Kennedy and Obama? They've been the youngest ones. Yeah, yeah. Like, why do they keep thinking time and time again that like an eighty-year-old would be the best? I don't person? know. You know what I think? It's the way the system's set up. Yeah, it's kind. Of, it's kind of like here you vote for the party, right? Right. But right now, and we talked about this on the way here, you're never voting for anyone. No, you're voting to get rid of somebody. Exactly. That's that's the way it's always been in Alberta. If someone ticks you off enough, if a party ticks you off enough, you want them gone. So you vote for the other person. That's how we're in the mess we're in now. Well, but we went through that long st string of conservative leaders. But was they were it, smart. They were smart. They were good leaders. <laughs> yeah. And they knew how to make money with what was here. Yeah, exactly. Although there were a lot of people that didn't like that industry, but it's no. an industry that is not going away. No, but everyone has to learn how to adapt. I think yeah. eventually we won't be as reliant on it. It won't be in our lifetimes. No, no. I don't see how that could happen. No, but I think we have to start to look at moving away from it eventually. Well, the idea that, hey, we should open those coal mines, I I was stunned. I could never figure that out. Why would you want that? The only thing you can think is they got out the Ouija board. Yeah. Said, should we dig for coal? And yeah. it came up, yes. Yeah. Well, the 18, what? They want to go back to the way it was in the 1800s when coal was the... As opposed Dumb to looking, thing. and at one point, even when oil and gas was the biggest thing in the world, they were heavily investing in uh, solar and wind power, too. Yeah, but as we learned with the last president, wind power causes cancer. 
Well, you windmills can, cause cancer. Then just and everything. drink bleach. So, yeah. And try to light up your butt. <laughs> yeah, that was the funniest. Once Trump got got COVID, boy, he got that shot right away and then oh, jacked right. him full of steroids. And yeah, well, the the whole thing with Trump now is he 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 had the rally, and he said that he got the shot, and everyone started booing him. So he can't even control his base anymore. No, because they're they're if he disagrees with. Their mantra. Yeah. They'll, they'll find a new leader. Oh, yeah. For sure. Lazard will be the guy with the furry hat with the horns on it. Yeah. From, yeah. You know, from the <laughs> insurrection. But but he, Trump, doesn't want to leave the spotlight. But he's slowly starting to lose popularity, I heard. Yeah. Well, he damaged that party for generations. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't and see. They don't know what to do. No. Well, their big thing was Roe versus Wade, right? Yeah. And now that the Supreme Court gave Texas pretty much free reign to basically get rid of Roe versus Wade. And well, I think here's what I think they're they're doing is that they're going to because there's more than one state going to go after it now. Right. And then when it becomes a big enough and they got enough states lined up, they're going to come in and shut them down. Then. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, a woman has a right to choose. And oh, I know, right. Um, if it's against your religion and you don't believe people should do it, then you know what? You shouldn't do it. Yeah. But you shouldn't tell everybody else what to do. And I have parameters in my belief. Yeah. You know, what was, what was the big thing today? Amy Conan Barrett, the, the latest Supreme court justice. She's a little concerned now that the public's perception of the Supreme court is being tainted because of partisanship. Now? Now? Just worried about yeah. it now? Just worried about it now? I just Well, I mean, Trump shoved as many people in there as he could. Yeah, that's ruined the Supreme Court for generations. Well, and they haven't, they haven't pushed it through to get more Supreme Court justices. No, do you either. think they should stack the court? Do you think they should get more justices? I don't know how you stop. Because of who's picking and putting the justices up, yeah. I don't know how you stop it unless you change the... Um, the selection yeah. process. Yeah. And you don't make it political. Yeah. Did you ever see the first Monday in October with Walter Matthau and oh, Joe yeah. Kleber? Yep. Oh, man. That was so underrated. I I watched that. You know, I get a hankering to watch all these old movies, and now my mind is just rewinding that entire movie. <laughs> I You know what? I have a tendency to, uh, now that we're back to movies again, to... to uh, watch stuff, and it must be a comfort thing that uh, I can actually. And this is what I like about it: if there's a, a born film on, oh yeah, yeah, and I'm sure there is at least one or two of them playing right now. Oh yeah, yeah. and right after that one's done, they'll start the next one. Yeah, but I can watch them because I'm, I the action is really good. It's, yeah, they're not bad films, yeah. and uh, I can walk out of the room and. Yeah, walk back in and go. Oh, yeah, now they're in France. Yeah, <laughs> I I watch the American President whenever it's on Don't TV. Good. Yeah, I'll I'll watch it. Like I just get I get hooked on it. I don't know what sucks me in. It always does though. But that's the precursor to the West Wing. Yeah, a happier time. <laughs> that was you know out of all the interviews I did, that was um, uh, my favorite. Was uh, I got to interview him. All right, and. Um, 
I'm sorry, his name again. Alan Sorkin. Sorkin? Uh, yeah, Adam Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, Aaron. And uh, it was just like, he was funny as could be. We were in uh, the TV festival in Banff, and nobody's asking him any questions. Yeah. And uh, he had actually just gotten arrested for a quarter gram of Coke in L.A. All right. And uh, so I kind of baited him, and I said, would you consider yourself successful? Like, do you... He goes, well, you know, I think my body will work. You know, I think it, yeah, I've written some. He said some of my best stuff didn't do well. Right. But people are wrong. It was my best stuff. They yeah. just like the other stuff, and that's their prerogative. And I said, but, like, financially, like, do you do okay? He goes, yeah, I do okay. And I said, what were you doing with a quarter gram of Coke? <laughs> Cheapskate? What? <laughs> What was that all about? <laughs> and he just looked at me. He goes, "Who are you?" <laughs> no idea who I was. Uh, when Leonard Malton was in town, everyone was asking him about movie studios and how studios are going to shy away from making Blu-rays and DVDs and 4K, right? Because streaming's the way. And I wanted to ask him a fast question. money. Yeah, fast money, with no middleman. Yeah. But I wanted to ask him a question, but I didn't think I should in front of everyone. So when everything finished, I walked up to him and I went, okay, so I've got to ask you, was Mickey Rooney as big a jerk to you as he was to everyone else? And he just <laughs> smiled and he went, he was a hard nut to crack because Mickey Rooney was a jerk in yeah. all the interviews he did, right? And and he said he was a hard nut to crack because he didn't like me when we first started. He sort of alluded. He said, so it was like a lot of yes or no answers. So it took a long time to get him to loosen up and yeah. like you enough to give you a decent interview. That's a, You know what? A really good interview is tough to do for, for those you know movie people. Yeah. Because they're so tired of it. Yeah, exactly. You know, right. And they really, you can just tell. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember who the actor was. Treat Williams. And I yeah. walked in and I, I said, how are you doing? And he goes, oh, you know, I go, hey, it's been a long day for me too. Let's get this over with. And he just started laughing. Well, a junket must be hell for them. Oh, because it's the you same know, it's questions. Like, yeah, it's the same questions over and over and over again. And if there's a really uncomfortable thing happening in their life, every idiot asks about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly, right. And they go, huh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like, it would be hard to do the red carpet, I think, when you go into the Oscars. Yeah. I think that... It's almost attack journalism. Yeah, it would be... I think it would be worse than a than a junket because they they all come through the entrance, they're in the tented area, and their handlers are like, okay, Moving you go down on. this side, yeah, this is, these are the international, and then they have everyone in the... In the bleachers, right? Like and they have the their fans. specific time. Yeah. They're matching up for the live TV. Yeah. I I was fortunate enough to go to the Oscars a couple of times with a friend of mine. She, she worked down there. And it was totally different. I fell asleep once during them because I was doing something else down there. And it was like just sort of nodded off in the auditorium. But it, I it, can believe that. Yeah, yeah. It's just an, it's just something, right? But you, I don't know. It was just totally different seeing the way the red carpet was being run, right? The handlers go here, go here, go. Oh, here, go it's here. a machine. Yeah, yeah. Caused a lot of traffic tie-ups too. 
Oh, nothing better in L.A. than <laughs> yeah, that. No, Nobody right. likes traffic. Yeah. Hey, so um, do you have a decision uh, federally who you're – you don't have to tell me. I don't need to know. You know, voting in the federal election this year, it's sort of like you, you're asked what hand you want fingers broken on and how many fingers you want broken, right? Yeah doesn't matter whatever party you're going to pick you're going to have a pain well i would think there's going to be a minority either way i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna say conservative minority yeah yeah you know what's really funny the the one person that's doing stuff uh that i have said why don't the candidates do this is jagmeet He's out there. Yeah. And he's actually talking about what he's going to do. Yeah. And the, he's just, it's very smart because he's just letting the other two attack each other. Yeah. And he's just. Uh, and I'll just sit here and see what piece of the pie I end up with. Yeah. And does he have a realistic platform? I, I don't know if any of them do. No. I've I've looked at all of them and I just haven't, I haven't seen anything that's made me go, that's the guy. That's the guy that's going to yeah. do it. Well, and, even like through COVID, you watch Trudeau. He just, he read what they told him to read. Oh, yeah. I mean, he made some major league mistakes. Oh, for sure. In the finance area that yeah, he but, should be paying more for than he has. But he he did what he thought was right, and it helped the country get through. I'm not defending the guy. In no, no I, way will I I think I he did what, what he to- was told. Yeah. I think he knew it's not his area. Yeah. And I have these experts telling me this is what's what. We're going to go with that. Whereas you look at the way Trump handled it, he actually thought he knew more than the doctors. I know, right? And that's the sad part. And that's why they are where they are. But yeah. Trump also politicized it. Yes. Scientists are the enemy in this. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think the Canadian government did that. No, no. But no one was prepared for it. There's no, I don't think there's any training. What do you do financially for a pandemic? Well, I think they, I think they probably have some sort of game plan lined out. But yeah. once, the, once the game starts, it all changes. Yeah, right? exactly, right? And all of a sudden, oh, you know, things are looking good. Uh-oh, variant. Yeah. yeah. You know? Right. And it's, I don't know. Was it right to call a federal election during a pandemic? You know, I, I kind of, I don't, I, here's the way I look at it. Um, did you, the only reason to call an election is because you think you're, you look pretty and you're going to win. Yeah. That's the only reason. So was the mentality, well, in six months, we're going to be looking bad. So we better get in now so we can get this many more years in. Like, I don't know what the thought pattern would have been. I don't know. I think I would rather have a majority government to see the end game and come up with a coherent plan rather than kowtow to the opposition. Yeah. Well, as long as, yeah, they don't, as long as they're not just doing the fighting. Yeah. Yeah. What about Alberta? Oh, man. Get your hand basket. Oh, (laughs) man. This is just, 
We like, weren't in great shape before the pandemic. We were already having economic issues. We were, it was, it was sort of a tough run for before the pandemic. When the pandemic started, again, it was politicized. Yeah. It's us against Ottawa. Yeah. Right? And that wasn't right. It came back to what you said. Everyone should have just banded together. Even the messaging. Yeah. Be classy. Yeah. Even the messaging started to get muddled once it, it hit the hit the provincial oh, well, level. I have a food business and, and you know what? I get notifications all the time and you sit around and I talk to the other guys going, the hell do they mean by that? Yeah. They're not clearly written. It's no. not, there's no real definition. And how come we can only have this many people in and Chinook's wide open? Yeah, I know, right? It, it's just, like we said, there was no true game plan. No. You know, like everyone's doing the best that they can, but it obviously isn't. But there, the best I, I mean, I would assume that we're probably going to see uh, the person uh, that we elected to get rid of the other person is going to be pushed out by the other person because now we want to get rid of him. Oh, wow. It's like high school. It is. There's this person. Yeah. You know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? Yeah. I know what you mean. So it's like. Like that just makes no sense. I don't. I don't know why the NDP didn't go with a pull a different leader in, but I don't know if they didn't have anybody ready or. I don't know, but what would anyone do any different? I don't like, know. What would what the would NDP you do? do any different than what the UCP is doing? Well, I think they would have been a little more extreme. Kenny, he his intentions were, I guess, okay. He didn't want to really harm business. I think that you know, was the mentality yeah. of his approach. Yeah. He he felt like he betrayed the smaller businesses when he let the big box during the first round of restrictions, yeah. when the big box stores were allowed to stay open and the little people, you know, well, the part small, of the, the, part of the problem too, you got to get the balance between them. I mean, I have a really small business and part of the balance is you still got to get food to people. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, people still are going to have to eat. Yeah. But you know what he can't do is bring in more severe restrictions. Like no. the case numbers have gone up, but what what's he realistically going to do? Because ultimately, he's a politician. He, he still needs to make sure he appeases his base, right? Yeah. And bringing in restrictions, he, he can't backpedal on that. We're open for good now. This was the best summer ever we've we've had. I found it a bit hot. I found it a little warm. <laughs> I found all the deaths sort of a disconcerting. Little, uh, yeah, a bit of a downer. <laughs> the stampede. Yeah, the stampede wasn't really as fun as it usually is. No, I had a great plan for them to. I said, I don't know why they're trying to do everything again. Why don't they just recreate the original stampede, like scale it way, way down? Yeah, and then. The rebirth of the stampede would have been a great ad campaign. Yeah, who thought, who thought it was a good idea on the last day of the stampede to just open the doors to everyone? That's when, that's when Fiona and I went down, and it was like we were there for an hour. We walked in, saw the crowds, walked around a little bit, got on the train. I found the open mouth kissing booth a bit much. Yeah, yeah, the open mouth <laughs> kissing booth was, was a little much this year. 
But <laughs> they've gone too far. <laughs> That's when you know they've gone too far. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's funny because you see, um, like you look at Afghanistan, was there, you know, was there ever a good time to have done that? No, I think Biden got the fuzzy end of the lollipop on that one. Yeah, and it, it just kind of, I mean, how many more people do you send in there? Yeah, he has to send people in, right? Does oh, he have I'm, to now? I don't think so. No. Well, our new our new once again best buddies, the Taliban, said that they're going to let them all leave. Yeah, but are, they don't want the Americans unless they can get something for it. No, them. but are the Taliban's new newer buddies, the new improved ISIS, going to let them allow Americans to leave? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't see any particular reason to believe <laughs> any of them, in, no. including uh, the leadership of the u.s or canada no i think i think it's just a, a sad state of affairs right now yeah yeah and it, I, don't, I don't know how we change it all i don't know if we knew that we would be the leaders of the free world yeah <laughs> well the leaders in kindness yeah leaders in kindness. the kind kindest yeah. country in the world yes we'd apologize for everything sorry sorry we messed up Sorry. Yeah, which has been Canada's role in the world has been, you know, yeah. send people to help. Yeah. Always. Yeah. But I can't see that happening now. Everyone's too mad at everyone. Yeah, I don't even know. Like, everybody's trying to stop the same thing in a different way. Yeah. And it doesn't. Yeah. I, I don't I wouldn't know what the answer is. I'm we're, not that smart. We're so divisive now it's like dealing with the pandemic everyone should have just got together and said this is how we're getting yeah ending this Af is what yeah, we're gonna this do. is how we're gonna get stop afghan the yeah. afghanistan crisis or the war because wasn't everyone involved i i vaguely remember the war starting that was what, well everybody was ago. in yeah yeah everyone was in was it america that was just left out no, they left? were, yeah, that was just left. There were a bit of UK troops. There were, but you know, part of the problem up here is that 90% of our news is affected out of the US. Yeah. And so we get a very skewed yeah. version oh. of the truth. I mean, oh. we've both worked in newsrooms. We know that it's not journalism oh, anymore. Right. Yeah, it isn't. It's, it's, everyone wants to get their point across. Yeah. That's the same with any documentary, too, right? Except for Ken Burns. Oh, he always gets his point across. <laughs> no way, Ken Burns. He has no agenda. No, no. Just he just wants to be the Norman Rockwell. Yes, you know, a, just, a documentary. Yeah, yeah, just the history. Yeah. Mm. Okay, if you had to tell people, we're gonna uh, we're gonna go here in a minute. Okay. But if you had to tell people, okay, here's. Here's four TV shows you should watch and four movies you should watch. Oh, my God. I'd go with MASH, Ted Lasso. You know, I haven't watched that much TV since I left TV. Okay, I'll give you a clickbait. I okay. think that some, everybody should say that was a really well done. Okay. Personal opinion, everything is. And Fiona's watching RuPaul's Drake Race. 
you know, I've had so many people tell me you would really like that, and I don't know how to take that. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I don't, because I watched an episode and I thought, what about me just telling people this would speak to me? Exactly. But Fiona is just enamored with it. Like, oh, I it's got a huge audience. Go, oh, I know, right? But those would be the four. I would say the four. Four movies. Documentary on the guys that started Sesame Street. Oh, that would be a good Street one. Kids. How do you get to Sesame Street was good. Um, there's one about the picture from 9-11 of the guy falling from the tower. 9-11, the falling man. That was really good. Uh, feature movies. I don't know. I'd go with Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise yeah. right now, it was mindless fun. It's one of those movies. It's a good time for that. Yeah, yeah it is. It, Dwayne Johnson is good. Emily Blunt was good in it. It was a fun movie. It was a fun movie to watch. <laughs> but I left the, I stopped watching it and I thought, you know, I never need to see another sequel. I don't need to see a sequel to this movie. I'm just happy with that one contained movie. Yeah, it was just the same. leave it there. Yeah, it was the same with Pirates of the Caribbean. When the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie came out, I was happy with it. I left the theater humming a happy that song. That was a fun film. Yeah, it, happy tune. And then suddenly it's, oh, there's three movies into it. Maybe for other people, but me, no. Have you watched Black Sails? No. I, I think I could, uh, I would say it would be Pirates of the Caribbean for adults. Really? Yeah. What's it on? Uh, either Crave, I think it was Crave. Oh, I'll go through Crave, yeah. And I'd, I'd pick a Bond movie. I'd pick Skyfall. I started watching yeah. Skyfall again because the last Craig movie's coming out next month. No Time to Die. What are they going to do then? I don't know. Who do you think would make a good Bond these, this, in this time? You know, period? honestly, I think they need to find a, a brand new guy. Almost an uh, unknown. They, yeah, they need to find a... a Jewel in the raw on that one that yeah. just knocks everybody's yeah socks off and, and I don't know who they could go with. I I'm just trying to think of any obscure actors and I can't right now. No, no, no. I th I I think it's got to be somebody. Yeah, just nobody. Yeah, nobody knows. It's got to yeah. be. And to me, the kind of the reasoning is that. Um, if you go with a really well-known actor, a lot of times with them, they're never not them. Right. Even exactly. though if they're playing a part and saying somebody else's words, yeah. it's still... Yeah, maybe maybe they should go with a woman. Oh. That's a female a Although they did with the Enforcer. Yeah. Queen Latifah's yeah. playing the Enforcer. Yeah. I'm afraid of her. I know, right? <laughs> but I think a female Bond would be good for this time. Not because it seems to be the in thing to do, but I think a female Bond. Everyone, when Daniel Craig was picked, they were like, well, James Bond isn't blonde. James Bond is, you know, Daniel Craig was the furthest from James Bond. They're like, it, it doesn't follow the spirit of the Ian Fleming novels. Ian Fleming's being dead. They've gone so far away from the novels now. 
They yeah. just well, have a license. Read the first four pages of Jack Reacher and figure out how Tom Cruise got the part. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a physical description of Reacher. Yeah, he, he was, what, six feet? And Tom... Plus, six foot plus monster strength. Like, yeah, and Tom Cruise is, what, five? Four, six. I think he's four, actually four, you think, six. You think he sort of... In heels. You think he sort of lies about his height? I know that they, they give him crates and stuff, and they dig cren- trenches from what I hear. Yeah, I, I you know, I just, it, it cracks me up that Hollywood's still like that, that, you know, he's perfectly fine at whatever height he is. Yeah, yeah, He's exactly obviously, right. it hasn't hurt his success. No, <laughs> he he's obviously knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And from what I've heard, he takes total control of the film. That's what I've heard, He's too. running the show. Yeah. So... Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. So those are the four, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What are you going to do? This will be our last subject, I think. Okay. Um, I don't know enough about this, and I've just decided to start researching it. Mayor. Calgary Mayor. I mean, we've got Nenshi who's been in there. There's, what, 20? Yeah, Nenshi's been there three terms? Three terms. I don't know. I'm scared. This is this is always the the rough time in Calgary politics where yeah. everything's going to change. Like, is it going to be Jeremy Farkas? I think. I don't know. I mayor is sort of. There's 28 people running. Who are the top three right now? I don't know. I don't even know that. Like no. I, I haven't even started to research it. I haven't. Because they tend to fall off. Yeah. Do you remember when Mike McCord interviewed Barb Higgins? <laughs> that ended her campaign. That was her campaign ender right there. He, got a, he was great. Yeah. You're a puppet. He would, Yeah, he was, he was literally the definition of a cranky old reporter. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he was. And then they made him our news director for a little while. Yeah. He, um, we were talking about drinking one day. And it was, uh, I was talking about high school when I got drunk and I passed out at Callaway Park and I woke up in Banff. And he goes, Yeah. I was drinking in Vancouver and woke up in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. With an airplane ticket in his pocket. Yeah. He taught me, though. Yeah, that was good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, hey, thanks so much for doing this. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, great. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. You know what? You've done so many things and know so much about movies. Yeah, I try. Yeah. And a lot of other things, too. Yeah. And Apple, and my Apple, Apple genius, <laughs> which uh, we're going to mention again. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Sober Not Sane. Subscribe, like, and watch on YouTube. Listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Speaking of Apple, uh, search for Sober Not Sane and uh, Google me if you're yeah. looking for me. Yeah. I got a couple of Facebook things out there. <laughs> And uh, once again, thanks to Liz from the camera store for helping us out with equipment. And uh, once again, thanks so much, Gary, for coming out. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you.